What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Black Millennial Mamas Podcast. This is our first episode of 2022. So, yay! We made it another year. This is Bree, Vic, and Tasha. By now, you know we're on Anchor, the Anchor app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and plenty more. Make sure you follow and subscribe to whichever one of those that you use. And you know that we're also on Facebook and Instagram at Black Millennial Mamas. Disclaimer, Black Millennial Mamas is for everyone. We just so happen to be Black Millennial Mamas. Our content is for everyone because every mother needs each other and a village. We were made with the intention of celebrating motherhood, but also sharing our experience while going through it. If you would like to be a sponsor on the Black Millennial Mamas podcast, email us at blackmillennialmamas at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or Instagram. So today's topic, we will be talking about domestic violence as well as, you know, have we experienced it? Do we know someone close to us who have experienced it? And pretty much our message to women out there. Also, we'll give our take on the Ari Fletcher situation, pretty much about her very distasteful comments that she made about domestic violence and the consequences of those actions that she did. So I'm going to toss it over to Vic because she has some statistics that she wants to read off. So go for it, Vic. So first, hi, ladies. Hi. Nice day. (laughs) Nice (laughs) Sunday. So let me pull this information up. So I'm just going to give off a few statistics, national statistics about uh, domestic violence. Um, On average, nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by intimate partnering in the United States. During one year, that equals to more than 10 million women and men. One in four women and one in nine men experience severe intimate partner physical abuse intimate partner contact sexual violence and or intimate partner stalking with impact to such injuries, fairness, post-traumatic stress disorder and um, use of victim services and possibly contract STDs as well. On a typical day, there are more than 20,000 phone calls placed to the domestic violence uh, hotline nationwide. The appearance of a gun in domestic violence situations increases the homicide by 500%. Women between the ages of 18 to 25 are more commonly abused by an intimate partner. 19% of uh, domestic violence involves a weapon. And let's see, um, this is about rape. Um, one in five women and one in 71 men have been raped in their lifetime. Almost half of a female, 46.7%, and male, 44.9% victims of rape in the United States were raped by an acquaintance. Um, 19.3 million women and 5.1 men in the United States have been stalked in their lifetime. That's about 60, 60.8% of female stalking victims and 53.5 men reporting being stalked by a current, current or former intimate partner. Um, one in five, one in 15 children are exposed to intimate partner violence each year, given 90% of these children are eyewitnesses to the violence. Um, and about 72% of all murder suicides involve an intimate partner. 94% of victims of these murders are females. Um, so that's just a little bit of the statistics. That's not including like the mental, um, emotional or physical 
um, after effects of leaving a domestic violence situation. Um, that's scary. That's very scary. Like just all of those, it just branches out. It goes from domestic violence, then it goes to murder, suicide. And then you were talking about stalking and coincidentally enough, January is National Stalking Month, which didn't even know that was a thing. But, you know, clearly there's people out there that get stalked, they get harassed, and then that and that turns into murder. You know what I mean? So domestic violence, it just branches out to so many different other topics. And it's scary because, of course, us being women, we are the, you know, the main subject for that women are the main ones who are the ones getting abused not saying men don't but we women are the ones getting abused more than men it's clearly power you know strength men are some men are like statistically they're stronger than than us so you know we are definitely mm-hmm. the victims 120 percent of the time so that's not even being biased that's just what it is um definitely unfortunate i know for me personally, I've never been in a situation like that where I've, uh, you know, been in a, been in an abusive relationship. I know that usually I'm the one who kind of gets a little ticked off, but I'm not like the aggressor aggressor. You know, I'm just like kind of the one where get off of me or I'm going to like headbutt you in your face type shit, you know, from the back, not the front, but just been in them kind of situations or where I just made you know, push an individual, like push, you know, an ex or something like on some get out of my face. Like if I feel like you're antagonizing me or chastising me, then I'm going to try to get you away from me. Like quit, get away from me if I got to push you or whatever. And I saying that's always right. But it's like, if you're in my face, get away from me. But overall, I haven't been the one who's been abused in a relationship. What about you all? Have you all ever been in an abusive relationship? So I have been the aggressor. Um, I've been the aggressor. I've got real anger issues, not even going to lie, and not being able to correctly express myself without feeling like I had to be physical with somebody about being upset or being hurt or being uh, angry. Uh, I've come a long way from that. I've definitely learned how to put my keep my hands to myself. But um, I do want to just let it know, let it be known that not every time is the woman the victim in the situation, only because I have been the aggressor and somebody else was the victim. And I'm talking about I was throwing hands. (laughs) But um, I give credit when credit is due because he never put his hands back on me. And my dad always raised me to believe that you know, if you put your hands on somebody, a man particularly, there's not always a guarantee he was raised right and isn't going to hit you back. So you going, you, you going into the situation with putting your hands on people is a dangerous game because you don't know what you're going to get from every individual. Um, so I've definitely been the grace. Now, have I ever been in a relationship where I was physically abused? No. No relationship I've ever been in, I've ever been physically abused. Yeah, uh, with me, um, I know people who've been in physically abusive situations, people that are close. Um, 
me physically um no but i've seen it happen in front of me um multiple times emotionally um abusive situations as well with me involved and things like that um but as you know vic was stating you know just like if to me i I see it in the end. This is in her sense, as her dad stated. If you are, you know, willing to put your hands on somebody else, be, you know, expecting that, you know, you may or may not get hit back, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's also different situations where, you know, there's a person that is in, in it, that antagonizes that person to the, to the mm-hmm. point to where they, make you or push them to the point to put them put your hands on them and that's yeah. still that's still a type of abuse as well you know you yep. are poking or you're antagonizing someone to make you you know I, uh, I just abuse. seen that yeah. I seen what it was called like receptive abuse or something like that where it's like you triggered that person so bad that they um turn around and became abusive because of how much you triggered them um but I can I can't think of the actual name of it yeah but I do know people that have been in severely abusive relationships like severely abusive relationships um thank god they got out of them but um they I have I have witnessed that yeah um so um like some of the things that I've seen that I just feel like wow like I can't be- I can't believe that I blocked it out and it happened like right in front of me um things like with a past ex um him me and the baby mama getting into it and I seen him literally put hands on her mm-hmm. like choke her out slam her you know, across the, the room type shit, you know, it was, yeah, and not even thinking, and, you know, it's so crazy, like, at the point, you know, like, damn, he's like, I'm just, like, I'm sitting there just watching it, but not mm-hmm. even thinking that, you know, that could have been me. Mm-hmm. You like, know, if he doing so, this to her, he, he has the potential to do this shit to me. Exactly. You know, and then with him, it was an emotional issue. So he was physically physically abusing her, emotionally abusing me to the point to where, like, it was hard to, you know, leave because he would play, it was, he would play basically this role to where, like, you know, when I would want to leave, Oh, I'm gonna kill myself. Go missing oh, for a yeah. couple of days. Oh, you trying to kill me? You trying to kill me? You you want you want this? You you know him faking panic attacks, anxiety attacks, mm-hmm. and in the fucking hospital, he's fucking telling nurses and doctors, "See, doc, this is what she doing to me. She trying oh, to kill me. God. She, yeah, you know, embarrassing." You know, so 
it was a lot. And, you know, it was kind of hard to, you know, talk to y'all about it because like, you know, it was always a different situation, you know, with him. And like, you know, when I would, sometimes I'll talk to Bree about it. She was like, I don't want to hear nothing. I don't want to, I don't want to listen to it. I want it to, you know, it's always something happened, but like, to me, you know, I didn't really have, it felt like it was kind of hard to vent, you know, because it was just like, you know, they don't want to listen to it, but I don't know what to do, you know, because like every time when I would try to leave, he would pull this shit, you know? Mm -hmm. So then you thinking Mm -hmm. like, okay, what if I do leave and he actually does kill himself? You know, uh, so you feel responsible. Not funny. Yeah. This isn't funny, but I made a TikTok about this shit, okay? It's not funny. <laughs> but I seen like a lot of people saying that they were like, you know, like the guy said, like, oh, I'm gonna kill myself if you leave me, blah, 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 blah. I I said that you know that probably wouldn't work on me only because I will call the police. I'll be like, I need a welfare check, and I'll go send them to that person's house, and then they lock you in a psych ward for 72 hours just because you said that shit. But the thing is, that, that's what needed to happen in that situation. But the nigga went missing. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew where the fuck he was at. That's all right, because like, when we find you, I'm going to put you in the psych ward. Because <laughs> you're not going to keep playing that card with me. You know, I'm going with my own mental health, and you're going to try to pull a card on me? Y'all, yeah, 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 but y'all knew what I went through with that person. Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. so, I didn't know was, that, like, y'all would be in the like hospital, a... and he, like, I didn't know he was faking panic attacks. I know he would go missing or be like, I will kill myself every now and then. I didn't think he was doing that shit consistently or like making himself go in the hospital and be like, she trying to kill me. I didn't think he was doing that shit. That's hella mine. Yeah. Man, what if it really had to be? God be, like, had me in fucking Christian hospital where, where the fuck I work. At Christian mm-hmm. Hospital, motherfucker in the goddamn emergency room, looking crazy as shit. You know, mm-hmm. so it was a lot, and it and it always made me feel bad because you know I, of course y'all know I'm a very sensitive person, so there's no way that I was like if he was gonna make a threat or something like that. I'm like I I don't want to not take it seriously. Maybe mm-hmm. he is serious or whatever. You know, I could never live that down if some, like, if he would actually fuck it. Because, like, the thing is, it's like, I also knew what he had been through, but that does not give you an excuse to abuse other people. You know? Nope. So, he had been through some fucked up shit. He exposed, you know, disclosed to me a lot of shit that he had been through and everything like that. And I never, you know, had somebody, you know, tell me shit like that before you know so it's just like okay wow I see why you fucked up and everything like that and then you know us being women oh I can help you change I can help you get better I can no not all the time don't sit there and fool yourself to thinking that you can make shit better oh we kisses and hugs and all no that boy for therapy (laughs) hello Mm -hmm. that's exactly all i was gonna Mm -hmm. say you need professional help you need professional help you Mm -hmm. know so it's just crazy because on top of that that person is a narcissist as well on top of all the other fucked up shit that you got going on there was no way in hell 
that I could ever, you know, make anything better with that person. So if you are ever in, just speaking in general, if there's any women listening to this, if you are in a situation like that, leave or help that person get something or love them from afar. Because with you trying to be in the trenches with that person, it's only going to make shit worse for you and your mental and, you know, your mental capacity will deteriorate, you know, you're just going to make shit worse on yourself. Just love them from afar, help them from afar, but just you have to do what's best for yourself. And my mom always told me, you, you get tired, you get tired. And I also want to let it be known that like there are a lot of avenues. Like sometimes women feel like they, there's nothing to do or there's no way to get out or even men too. Um, but understand that I know that when I go to my doctor's office, there's always like little signs that say, you need help. Just let a nurse know, write it on a piece of paper. We'll help you. Um, there's also the hotline for domestic violence, which is 1-800-799-SAFE, which in parentheses is 7233. So if you want to, you can also text them um at eight eight seven eight eight and text start if you need to text somebody what i will say is i've witnessed it the the worst case that i witnessed was when i was younger i was like 18 19 i know i was out of high school um and i had a former friend um they used to be his girlfriend and we didn't know until he did it in front of us and the first time he did it was in front of me and he had came over my house with with her and at the time we didn't know she was a minor that's that's a whole nother fucking story she was a fucking minor so we didn't know that but um they were arguing when they walked in the house and all of a sudden I see him grab her by her neck and throw her to the ground and this at my mama's house. So I'm in the living room screaming for my mama to come help me because I'm like, they are fighting in this motherfucker. But now she's swinging back on him, but he is trying to really harm this girl. And I'm like, what the? So I finally, I get him off. My sister's there. She pushes him into the window to the point that he broke the window. Damn. That was the most traumatic thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life. And I'm like, you need to leave this girl alone. I'm telling him leave this girl alone we need to find it out later like i think a couple like a month or so later that she was a minor like we 18 she 15 wow so what the fuck was you doing dealing with a fucking 15 year old in the first that's place a whole, that's a whole nother story about that individual and i ain't even gonna put his business out there like that but i don't fuck with him but anyway um the second time that he put his hands on her that we saw because we we all told him to leave him alone leave her alone but obviously they didn't stop fucking with each other. The second time was New Year's Day. And she had went into walking to the store with two of our other friends um, just to get away from the house because they were arguing. So we was like, okay, you go with them, we'll stay here. And uh, he came back, she came back with them and he all amped like, I'm gonna beat this bitch ass, blah, blah, blah. And I told him and I said, you put your hands on her, I'm gonna fight you. 
because you got me fucked up. You think that that's what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. And we also had male friends there too. So they was like, once they got back in, he was trying to do it. We was like, you need to chill the fuck out. So he ended up saying that he was going to spit on her. But I was in between them. And I told him that if he spit on her, I will rock his shit. I was like, I will rock your shit. I will knock you the fuck out if you spit on this girl. And if any of it gets on me, I will knock you the fuck out. Um, but that was probably the worst, the worst one I've ever seen. I've never seen like an adult on adult besides like my parents arguing, obviously, but um that was probably the worst. And they end up dealing with each other for a few more years and end up having a kid together. It's crazy um, still. But, but she long gone, stopped messing with him, thank God, and then moved on. I don't know what the fuck he doing now. But um, yeah, that was that was probably the worst. When I seen him, like literally he was choking her on my living room floor. And I'm just like, what the fuck? What See, that's the, the thing. fuck? We gotta, well, not us, but like men too. Well, you, you know, us being women, we all hold men accountable. We see that shit, period. But men, guys, y'all need to hold y'all homeboys accountable when y'all see them. Like, you know, of course, y'all gonna turn a, a blind eye when they cheating, but don't turn a blind eye when they beating their ass, when they when they putting their hands on their woman, because that means well, if that shit get taken to court, then you can be listed as someone who like, oh, I got a witness. He was right there when it happened. Now you tied up in some shit when you could have just did something. Some people be like, nah, I'm going to mind my business. Like, okay, if you see this girl getting punched, slapped around, like, there is a fine line between it because um, you want to raise your sons to be like, you need to, you see some shit, say something, stop something. But there have been men that have lost their lives intervening and shit oh yeah you're right That's so there's true. like a very fine line if it's your homeboy i'd definitely be like yo like what are you doing but at right. the same time you see something in public and you want to stop it you don't know what weapon they got are they crazy right. would they kill you would they kill her two men lost their life trying to protect a woman that was getting abused like getting beat the fuck up on the street yeah i just seen I just seen well it was well it was a, de- a domestic um abuse situation where two officers um it was um a mother and a son the two officers came to de- de-escalate the issue and they split the mother and the son you know apart the son went in the back room came out firing on everybody mm-hmm. two officers are one dead and one in critical condition because one got shot in the face. So, yeah, and it's crazy. And that's dealing with officers. Mm-hmm. But like, so man, if these are their friends, like your friends shouldn't want to shoot you. You should be able to like, hold your you, friends accountable. Yeah. Yeah, you can yeah, hold your you friends. Feel. You gotta hold your friends. But, like, guys, they need to hold their they friends accountable. Like, mm-hmm. I understand, like, oh, man, like, I ain't want to get in the middle. Like, but that's your friend, though. Who? Are, what are you around if you ain't gonna tell them from right is right and wrong is wrong? I mean, but, but I'm only saying in the sense of when that person's in that 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 phase of anger, they don't give a fuck about. They don't give. A fuck they about don't give a fuck her. about anything. They, they don't, don't give a, give fuck, a fuck, about fuck about anything. Nothing. 
because that shit still spills out because there's still instances and situations to where shit spirals out of control and someone kills their whole fucking family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I, and it's so crazy because it's just like, you see, we literally, see, we are numb to seeing this shit. And I was in there telling Bree that because I was like, just sitting there and realizing that I've been seeing this shit all my fucking life you know but just numb to it we see it on fucking facebook and social media we see the stories every day it was just mm-hmm. a, a couple in atlanta remember that couple in atlanta i guess they were from originally from st louis but they were in it but they moved to atlanta or something like that and yep. mm-hmm. he killed he, we don't know it was a murder suicide but yeah, but she killed him and then killed herself yeah but luckily because they had kids as well but luckily you know the kids wasn't there because she took out her kids as well but you but you see situations where whoever is there and the kids are there they feel they don't give a fuck about nothing when you get like i said it i've known i know people that's close to me that's been in a situation where they were provoked in the situation to where that person and it it just spills everywhere you know so you never know what you know you never know what that person in that mindset is and everybody around them it, it gets catastrophic you know so you it gotta kind of tread lightly when going into them situations not saying don't don't hold your homeboy accountable but maybe when he cool off and y'all got him separated like yo like you leave a girl alone if you don't want to be with her what i would say is what i would say is if you see it happening if you're seeing if you're seeing it happening in front of you the only thing that you can do is call the police if it's if it's happening right there if you don't want to get involved to the point where if you know what this purple this person is capable of call the police i wouldn't wait till nobody cools off or anything like that because you never know Call the police. Yeah. Is, it, 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 it's so you know possible. how it is. Call the police on black on black man. Like oh, oh, it, whatever happens, it happens because it, instead of you dying, you know, it may be some shells or whatever. Somebody may get shot at or whatever. Still, instead of you losing your life, have someone else that's 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 professionally trained to handle it. Period. Because you never know. You don't know. Cause yeah. you don't know. Cause like I said, if the situation is gonna get to that, get to that, get that bad, you don't know. Call the police. Let the police know what's going on, you know, so they can come in and de- de-escalate. Because if that person, if the person is already on the to the brink of whatever, it's gonna happen regardless. Mm-hmm. somebody's that that they may kill they they may kill themselves they may start shooting at you or whoever or the aggressor may be shooting at the victim or whatever call the police it don't matter whatever it, it yeah you may want to tread lightly no you don't you don't know we don't know what what is that person could have been going through that shit for months years and exploded and mm-hmm. it just came out on that one second. You don't know. Call the police. Have somebody. Yeah, you know, uh, the police may shoot them or whatever. Okay, but you—they could have—they could have easily turned the gun on themselves 
have somebody professional intervene point blank period yeah because i've seen this shit yeah i like i said i've been there and i've seen this shit in front of my face not once or twice multiple times dealing with that one person and that motherfucker could have killed me while i was sitting there Mm. killed his kids baby mama and me because i'm just i'm just there and he's literally wiping the floor with this bitch across the apartment outside so yeah just call the police But yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, you you don't know where where the fuck it could go. I guess yeah, because they could escalate out. Like instead of them killing, their intent is to kill one person. They can just go go crazy and start shooting up everybody. Like I think it was a situation I heard where a guy he killed his baby mama and her mama. I'm like damn. Mm-hmm. A lot of times that would be happening. Whoever's in the house. Whoever is around first 48. Like everybody who around can get it. That could be their yeah. answer. I said on first 48, this man killed his girlfriend in the house, then went and killed the grandma, and then went and killed the little boy, but he didn't, but the sister, the oldest sister was there, and she heard the argument, the argument, and she told the little sister to get in the closet, but she couldn't get to the little boy. And when she came out she was trying to be quiet and hide but he was coming in the room so instead of him getting both of them she just stepped out and she died trying to protect her little sister um but the little girl was able to identify who did it because they didn't know who did it at first um but shit like that yeah they'll go and there is literally it's yeah, because they on it, their emotions are running so fucking high. They don't. It, it's like they they only seeing red. So mm-hmm. it's like a it's like a a bull. They just a, a, when when the bull sees red, they run into anything and everything that they can see. Yeah. So it's it's a fucked up, dangerous ass situation. So I'm not gonna wait to figure out if this nigga gonna fucking calm down you just like a motherfucker they can sit there okay they'll calm down you think they're calm they motherfucker oh okay they just gonna walk away you think they walking away they plotting this motherfucker going in there okay he cooled off or whatever whole uh he go in the room and then come and just start shooting everybody you know, you don't, you don't fucking know. You don't know. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, if you, it, the worst case scenario, get, leave, get as far as, get a, get as far as away from whatever's happening. And if you don't feel comfortable intervening, call the police. But yeah. yeah. It, right, it's yeah. scary. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I just, like, you know, when Vic was speaking those statistics earlier, just the domestic violence, it can expand out from getting abused to murder-suicide to murder of six type shit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're right. It just it just gets wild. Like you said, I guess you said the best thing you can do is just call the police. Like, 
as you said, if you don't feel comfortable intervening, then you need to call the police. Call someone who can, their job is to t- kind of de-escalate the situation. Exactly. So speaking of, you know, the domestic violence, you know, pretty much what brought us to this topic is if y'all know influencer, baby mama, socialite, whatever, Ari Fletcher, who is G Herbo's baby mama and Moneybag Yo's girlfriend, she went on this podcast and was saying how she finds it attractive and eternal if a man pulled his gun out on her because he don't want her to leave like she said she used to be the toxic one in the relationship because pretty much she'll threaten to leave and she would want her man to like pull a gun out on her and be like hey you're not going nowhere she just will find that attractive and it turned into something bigger where she was on social media because people was kind of commenting under the video clip of what in which she said this and on social media she was just saying no one cares no one cares you can be under the comments saying I remember this guy dragged me no one cares no one cares like she was just going off on this tangent and those due to those you know her actions her words she was a brand ambassador for Rihanna's uh, Savage by Fenty and Rihanna dropped her ass dropped her because Rihanna of course we all know was a victim of domestic violence with Chris Brown mm-hmm. you know you know, of course, things came out that, you know, she was, I think she was the aggressor. I'm not 100% sure because I love my Riri. So I'm not 100% sure. So I don't it speak was on a, 100%. It was a both type of situational kind of thing, reactive abuse type of thing. But he got the bad, but Chris Brown got the bad he, he end took of the, it. He took the end of it. He took it and he said mm-hmm. he took it. I don't know if y'all watched mm-hmm. the interview or not, but I ended up watching it on Netflix and he basically was like, I took it. He was like, because I'm a man, I, I shouldn't have put my hands on her in general, but he's like, I took the bad end of the stick, even though I wasn't the aggressor in the in originally. Which I want to say and that I, I, I said for years. I said this for years. I think it was a lot of stuff that had been coming out. It was like, she was, yeah, she was aggressive. She was hitting him first, and then he just kind of was like, trying to cover himself up, and then it. end up, mm-hmm. and then end up, you know, hitting her. And even though in that, in that situation, stronger than her, of course, it looks mm-hmm. way it looks, worse. It looks bad, right? Like he, she could have gave him all of her strength, and it, and she, and he probably only would have had three, four scratches on on her on his face. But tables mm-hmm. turn, he do the same thing as her. She got a busted lip, black eye, not on the forehead, everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And with her being in that situation, being a victim of violence against her, she drops Ari because of those, you know, insensitive topics. Which those isn't, jokes aren't funny because that oh, shit really not. does happen to people. Because the shit do happen. And, and people actually and, die. Like people actually mm-hmm. die from being in them situations. And this ain't Rihanna first time dropping somebody. She dropped Drea because Drea has said something about liking some kind of abuse, finding it like something literally months ago. Rihanna don't play yeah. that shit. She like, mm, I ain't gonna say much. You just the the blogs will pick it up you'll get dropped you'll see that you're that you'll get a, a email of uh cancellation of the contract or whatever like Rihanna don't play that shit so topics like that like topics about you know abuse and even certain stances on politics can really cause some kind of effect Rihanna mm-hmm. for that because a lot of influencers be doing straight out-of-pocket stuff and they will mm-hmm. not lose any brand deals 
they will still continue to have these brand deals. And Rihanna's like, oh, you said this? Drop. Oh, this right, is controversial? Right. Oh. Drop. She's mm-hmm. She plays no games because at the end of the day, she understands that what they say reflects her business. And a mm-hmm. lot of influencers straight do not get dropped. It took them, it took Morphe years to drop James Charles after they found out this boy is basically a pedophile. So it's just interesting that like how quickly she is where she's like, no, that's not what I represent. I, I lose more money keeping you than making more money having you. I don't even think it matters when it comes to money because people gonna buy her shit regardless. It don't matter who right. it is. People gonna buy it regardless. I think it's a fact being that she understands that that what you say represents your brand yourself. Because at the end of the day, Ari is a brand herself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And what you believe is not a part of my brand. Now, mind you, she probably yeah. didn't get dropped from any other brands that she deals with, like Fashion Over or any other bullshit. But mm-hmm. Rihanna was like, no. Right, she was like, yeah, because because another thing, she got to set an example because she did it to Dre and Sola, and Dre made some comments, and and I don't think her comments were as aggressive as Ari, and Ari even came. No, it was in the same. I believe it was in in the same tense, like one nigga to like. Dre did apologize. She did. She did yeah, Ari, Ari ended up um uh, kind kind of like double backed and end up doing something for like a homeless shelter or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying do, sorry. I'm gonna start giving back this, but but yeah, I don't think but, she said sorry. I just think she said, oh yeah, I'm uh you know teaming up with Fashion Nova to do this a uh, give back to uh, women in shelters and women of domestic violence, but never really it seemed like she never really addressed the oh I'm sorry I probably should have never said that. With Dre, Dre, like, nope, I shouldn't have said that shit. And then even for, I guess, a New Year's resolution was like, I want to be able to be a brand ambassador for Savage Fenty again. I know my comments was out of line, but I want to be able to get that opportunity back. Ari just kind of just seemed like she just on some arrogant shit. She's like, she's trying to clean it up without saying sorry. That's how I'm looking Cause her at it. Because her PR got on her ass and was like, why the fuck would you say that shit? Yeah, right. Knowing that, that the, the person that's fucking paying, giving you fucking checks was, I just feel like Motherfuckers is just, just that, that shit was just fucking tasteless and classless to me because mm-hmm. you know that was one of the biggest things that ever happened in her career. And then you know, I mean, this, I this, well, I, I know it was a big event. She been thinking about Rihanna, and then you gotta think about this Ari Young is shit too. Ari would, I mean, I have to Google it. I think she like 25, remember, 26. When that shit happened, your birthday, Tasha. When that shit happened, I knew she was a cancer, but I don't know what day it was. We got the same birthday. When that shit happened, the Rihanna and Chris Brown shit, I was in high school. I was like 15, maybe. Mm -hmm. So she was probably a kid, like a little ass kid when that shit happened. She don't know shit about that for real. Nah, man, nah. If you know Chris Brown, you know. No, no, no. If you know Chris Brown. Because they still make jokes about the shit today. Yeah, they do, but I'm just saying in the sense of the severity of it. Like, we saw the pictures because we're old enough. We had cell phones. We could look online and and see what was going on because at the time, like, we had Facebook. So you could see what was going on online and stuff like that and YouTube. But it was like YouTube was still, like, hella fresh still. Versus when that happened, and I'm not excusing her behavior by any means. I'm just saying she ain't gonna think about it when she say it 
that I'm a brand ambassador for uh Savage Fancy and uh but I think my nigga should pull the gun out at me. Da, 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 da. I don't think she thought about it when she said it. And that probably is how she fucking feels. But no, I just kind of feel like she's just she's just immature. I think because so, for you to say some for you to say some shit like that, that that's that's your immaturity showing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like it's not really gonna affect her now until she like actually think about it. It's like, damn, man, I really fucked up that bag when I said this shit. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, man, that's just the and uh, immaturity to me is just like uh, it's such a yeah. a, a turn off. Like, mm-hmm. ew, like why are you like that type shit? You know, and then after all of the shit that she had been through with G Herbo, and it seems like she been through a fucking lot. Yeah, I would think that you would want to fucking grow but up. From what it sounds like, she was the aggressor in a lot of them situations too, because I've heard recordings and shit. Um, mm. uh, how, that girl is a fucking. I'm not. She's she sounds like she's the aggressor. Yeah, she seems toxic to me. She definitely seems toxic. Yeah. Like, I remember, I think in an interview, I feel like it was, and you know what? She was with Javante Davis, too. And I think they had a domestic dispute, too. It just seems like, mm-hmm. and you know, he a boxer. So. Yeah, so he can't, he can't play that. He had to go to jail yeah. for real, for real. Yes, facts. So the situation with Javante, I believe it was like, he came in the house. It's a, I guess the statement that she, he came in the house, beat my ass in front of our son took my son outside to get his homeboys and had them drive off. So it was just, and I think it was a casual situation, but it's almost like she probably only talked about it when it's convenient. Like, yeah, I was in this situation, but when she's not in this situation and it's time to be sympathetic to others, she's like, girl, don't nobody care. It's like, all right, it's going to take money back. Motherfuckers be like, well, I got through it so you can get through it too type shit. So that's be another thing, being sympathetic and empathetic to people's situations and understanding like how severe it can be some people don't be like that they be oh i got through it so you can too and it's like bitch right now everybody works like that right right everybody built like that yet like they don't have that like oh, i'm gonna just get over like they gotta go through that hurt like just like you'll mm-hmm. get over it yeah eventually but not right away damn right like I was in there telling Bria I was like you know like I have a bad tendency of like when like really traumatic shit happens to me I just like I block it out and I forget about yep. it until the black shit come out. back up again so mm-hmm. it's just like I just disconnect myself from it but a lot of people don't know how to do that you know mm-hmm. and they carry that shit with them and they eat at them and everything like that so mm-hmm. and it caused them to go into depression and more shit a lot of people were built different. So yeah. for you to be that immature about the situation and couldn't even be sympathetic, you know, even when you were going through the shit yourself, something fucking wrong with you. Yeah, she got she got some kind of trauma. You gotta understand that that's probably the environment she was in. So she thinks that that's love and that's not love. Uh, and that's just like that shit, like when she was in her saying, like I was like, I know people who've been pressed they they became the aggressor and then to fucking hear shit like that and you and you poking and, and make that person do that shit you want somebody to fucking you know traumatize you and 
and beat your ass type shit. What the fuck is wrong with you? You and then you forget that that's traumatizing on the other person. Like right. I can't believe that you pressed me to get me out of my shell like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's traumatizing to the other person that you're doing that to. That's basically manipulating them. That's manipulation. Yeah, like doing stuff so you can get hit, and when you get hit, it's like, mm-hmm. like kind of like, oh, see, now you a man, now you, you putting your hands on me. Yeah, oh, that's oh, fucking crazy. But I think she had, it was an interview she did with, oh my God, I think she just recently had an interview with uh with uh, Angela Yee for, for lip service. I'm going to have to watch that shit to see what the fuck she got to say. But it, I think it was an interview with somebody else where she said Moneybag Yo got, keeps her in check and makes her feel so little when she do immature shit. Like, really? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, she was like, he just made, he just definitely just made me but mature. that's probably what like, she needs. It's somebody yeah, that makes her grow the fuck up, but at the same time, mm-hmm. she's she a kid. She fucking now just in her mid twenties. Yeah. So luckily, she found somebody that's like, you need to grow the fuck up. And somebody that's not like her ass who ain't put hands on her yet. I won't say yet, but again, somebody who ain't put hands on her again because it's like, ma'am, you gotta you gotta calm down. Like you can't, you know, you got a nice guy now, but. You never know, like she could push him to the edge type shit, like because mm-hmm. it seemed like he seemed like a ch- cool ass, chill ass dude. Got a bunch of baby mamas and kids, but overall seems like a cool cat. <laughs> so it's like if you got to bring this dude out of character, I think. But I think everybody's starting to see like she's the drama, and I think she's made it known that she's talking about it in interviews. I am kind of the toxic one. Okay, so that, we know that I will say that takes a bit her. of maturity. And I remember that's because only because of an episode that we did not post that I said to myself that they took it took a real pill to swallow to realize that I was a toxic person and I mm-hmm. have toxic behavior. So with her being with Moneybag Yo, maybe he's establishing that she needs to realize that you need to grow the fuck up and you need to mm-hmm. stop being so toxic. That shit is not cute. The shit that you think is cute on social media and how motherfuckers be acting and all that them games and shit, that shit not cute. At all. So, you know, hopefully she just learns from this. I don't I doubt Rihanna picks her back up. She ain't picked Rhea back up. She ain't gonna pick Ari back up. So, hopefully she just really learns from this situation and grows and becomes a better person, a better adult and parent for her child because you don't want your son doing no shit like that so mm. why would you make it seem okay right that's that so we're starting a new segment this is just going to be a hot take this is going to be um things that we see on social media that we want to talk about or um uh, tiktok um just anything that's going on in the news or anything like that so this week's hot take is about um Brittany Renner versus fresh and fit if you're not familiar fresh and fit have a podcast where they basically degrade women in general but mostly black women that's pretty much the whole idea of the podcast i i kid you not and masculine alpha male bullshit so um i have never seen two niggas that don't know when to shut the fuck up shut the fuck up when they talk to Brittany renner and i'm gonna insert the clip right here Because you said that you warn guys about girls like me. So tell me about girls like me. 
Just Humor women me. in general. Like, I mean, well, no, a, but no, don't women in general, because you literally specifically said before we got on here that you, yeah, you did say that That's true. you warn guys about girls like me. So now that we're face to face, what kind of girl am I? You're not special. You're like other girls. That's the key. I'm not special. <laughs> like, so, you're like other women that are. So like, what makes you special then? I never said I was. What do you gain from telling girls that they're not special? How does that make you feel? I mean, I know, everything, talking, is, I know we, everything is a joke, but I'm asking you a real question. So how does that make you feel? Because if I say you're a bitch-ass nigga, that does something for me, right? If I insult you or if I tell you you're not special, you're forgettable, on, what does that do I for me? Mic, no, guys. but that doesn't, but that's what I'm saying. No, but, I'm, but I'm saying, what, if I call you, if I just say that, again, you're forgettable. That's why I didn't want to do you guys' podcast. Forgettable. Hate the setup. Uh, the name is underwhelming. I didn't really see the value in it. Right? Oh, that's, that's how smart. I feel. Right. But so she ran them through the motherfucking mud. I was so proud of her. The fact being that like he they they talked about her before, like she she's a hoe, she did, she did, blah, blah, blah. And so she was like, Well, you you warned men about me, so tell tell motherfuckers about me. And you you say you can describe me as a person. I want you to do that right now. And the only thing they could give her was that she's not special. And she said, duh. She was like, I'm not special to everybody. I'm special to somebody. But she was like, basically, she really, to be honest, it was just the fact that she got them to shut the fuck up. Because they're so easy to, to talk down to all the women that be on their podcast. Because these women obviously either aren't smart enough or don't care enough about their community. Or um, they have other men that have the same ideology as them come on there and it's just repetitive bullshit about alpha male bullshit and um you know what this reminds me of kim kevin samuels pretty much you give a nigga a microphone and and guess what everybody got opinion about an alpha male yeah <laughs> but the only problem is and i don't like i always tell people this i don't like kevin samuels but the only point that he proves on a regular basis is is that he's not talking to these low budget ass niggas he is talking He's, when he tells people that men that, you know, she wants this type of man or the man that she's looking for or this, that, and the other, they have to actually bring something to the fucking table. And a lot of these niggas that, that hear most of his ideology skip over the part being that you don't bring shit to the table. You want her to be fit. There was another TikTok that was a man was like, my wife lets herself go after she has the baby. I'm only going to give her one warning and then I'm leaving. And then I was like, bitch, you are, your hairline is receding. And you don't have the audacity to talk about me being fat. You have a receding hairline. The audacity. So when Brittany Renner went and talked to them and really broke it down, like, y'all make it seem like I trapped that nigga. I didn't trap that nigga. That nigga was my boyfriend. We were in love. He wanted me to have his kids. Y'all just make it play out because I used to be a hoe and I used to fuck around with niggas that, that that's what happened with this man. That's not what happened. And he went on his blah, blah, bullshit about relations with men and women are transactional. Men want sex. Women want resources. And mm-hmm. my thing is... What? Like, we ain't got what? the resources. Yes. yes. Well, first of all, anybody who did not know, because I've I have, I've been following this chick. I was following her when I think she was messing around with a little Uzi bar or whatever. But she, PJ Washington, whatever her baby daddy is, who played for North Carolina, South Carolina, whatever, that was her baby daddy. They posted pictures of each other on social media before she was pregnant, yeah, while she was pregnant, 
all that shit. Like they they were in a relationship. So just throwing that disclaimer in there. Go back. Go back. <laughs> go back to what you said. But he said, yeah, women want resources, basically. And then and that frustrated me because then what's the point of being in a relationship? Because a lot of the times, to be honest, not a lot of men have resources. You're in the men that, that make these podcasts don't have fucking resources at all. Exactly. You 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 barely have a decent job, but you make you talking about resources. You want this, that, and the other from your woman, but you don't have anything to give her. And I always say that it's always niggas that got little dick energy because big dick energy don't talk like that. <laughs> and it's exactly. funny because it was another nigga on Snapchat, not Snapchat, fucking Snapchat. There was another man on on TikTok that was spilling the same bullshit. Like when I say they are a dime a dozen, how many niggas spill this same bullshit? But he was on oh. there and he was talking so much shit. And then he was oh, like, the the people <laughs> that was talking about me being five one and five one. I said, now nah, it makes sense because you got short man complex. It's always niggas that got something going on. They mad about a bitch calling them the black bitch in the fifth grade. And they never <laughs> let that shit go. You mad because you 25 and your hairline receding. You're short. Like, it makes all the sense. Like, y'all got fucking complexes and y'all trying to dominate yourselves to people that don't even want you. They don't even want you. That's why you fuck with black you fuck with white bitches because black bitches don't want you. Mm-hmm. You have nothing to offer me. Right. That's, the whole same conversation talking about what do you fucking bring to a table. If you a real man and you you already have the table, that's not what you're looking for. Only broke men eggs what do you bring to the table because basically what they're looking for is somebody to help them upgrade themselves. What mm-hmm. resources can I use? What are you lacking? Yes, like they like that. They want the resources. They the ones who want the resources. Exactly. That's the reason why they're asking because they need those resources because they're lacking in those. If a real man, if a real man wants you, they don't need nothing else from you but you. Mm-hmm. The only thing that you need to bring is yourself. So if a motherfucker is asking me, what did I bring to the fucking table? The fuck? Nigga, I am the table. But I I shouldn't have to bring my motherfucking table. If you're wanting me. So yeah, like that 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 fucking conversation is fucking new shit. Like (laughs) I ain't having that conversation with no motherfucking body because I'm I'm Oh, that's a red flag. Right answer. There is no fucking right answer to that shit either. Because you can be like, okay, I'm college educated. I, I got my own business. I, I have a full-time job. I got a crib, a car. They'd be like, okay, I don't care about that shit. Okay. Well, okay. Um, I can cook, I can clean, I can take care of my house, I can do this, I can do that. Well, I, I can I can get a maid for that. Well, bitch, what the fuck am I here for? What the fuck am yeah. I here for? That? No, like they ask us to that because they want to devalue ourselves thinking that, okay, we think that we have all the whole package, but when they keep asking you that, it makes you second guess yourself. That's that. why I ain't no, going to answer them questions because I already yourself. know what I offer. Right. No, it, it, it don't even matter what you have or what you have or don't have. 
if you're solely, if you're solely, if, if your intentions are pure, you shouldn't be asking what this a person that what that person got. Because mm-hmm. if you really want me and you see that I'm lacking, you should want to help me to get to the point to where I'm not lacking anymore. Mm-hmm. That's what a fucking relationship is supposed to be. It's supposed to be mm-hmm. you guys are building each other together, mm-hmm. not what I can build on top of. Right. And then you know another thing that, that I've noticed is that especially on TikTok, it's like black men, you're talking about uh not all black men, the Kevin Samuel followers. Um <laughs> they'll talk about like that they black women were uneducated, were ghetto, were this, were that. But black women lead in degrees in all ethnicities. We lead with the most degrees. We lead with the most businesses, most entrepreneurial businesses. So mm-hmm. it seems like, like Tasha said, it is to devalue ourselves to make us seem like we're not worthy. But the thing is, we're out running a race that y'all already has at least 10 steps ahead of us in. Mm-hmm. And somebody brought it up where they was like, you got to understand that Black men had the right to vote before white women did. Black women right. got the, la- we were the last to get the right to vote. Black men got it before white before white women. Mm-hmm. Y'all had a stepping stone. Y'all could go to college before white women and black women. Y'all had y'all were already winning the race. Yeah, you weren't you weren't up there with white people, white men, but you was already winning the race mm-hmm. compared mm-hmm. to the rest of us. And now you mad because and I, I see it as like some black men are mad because basically they losing this race. And it's not a race, it's like I'm trying to get all the resources that you were supposed to gather so that we can we can prosper. I don't know, that'd be me thinking that'd be me real, real deep in my thoughts. Deep thinking. No, because it was like it's like like you said before, a damn if you do, damn if you don't kind of situation like and the circle back around with the whole Brittany Renner situation she they said something and it was just kind of like whatever they said it was just like they didn't have nothing to say Always and i was dismissing you. her or dismissing her oh you're triggered oh you're uh you're being emotional and she was not was being it? emotional she was but just you know talking. what the is another thing to look at is the whole it, the whole reason why she came on there to air their asses out was because it was going off on Asian Doll when she was on the podcast about a month Dark ago. Skin. That's where this whole controversy of the t- of the topic came in about. And a then dark-skinned black woman. a dark skinned black, black woman. But what happens? Brittany Brennan gets on there. Well, she wasn't even on that podcast. I guess that was just Right, a light-skinned black woman, Brittany Renner, a light-skinned black woman gets on, I don't even think it was a podcast. I think it was on DJ Academic's DJ podcast. Academic. And, and the two clowns was there and she was there. And so and they, the thing they, is, they've already made it known that they don't date, they don't like black women, dark black women. They like white women, light black women. But they pre- had that same they had white energy women. towards her. They had, they was like, oh, you're triggered. You're this. They were like, bitch, you're not special. They just was like, you're not yep. special. Like, oh, where was that same energy y'all had towards Asian all? Oh, because she's dark skinned. Oh, so y'all automatically want to come and aggressive to her, but the light skinned chick, oh, you're you're just not special. If they, they would have never the girls, said them the girls they want that they can't get mm-hmm. and if she would have came why. in there on their ass they probably would have been nice to her they would probably would have been like well so we have a question you know just us we just want to know like did you trap your baby that like they would have came in her now but they was like oh she coming in hot let's let's kind of get ourselves prepared they was trying yeah, to be the, cool the with her dismissing of her 
oh, you're triggered, you're emotional. She wasn't being emotional. She wasn't triggered. She was just literally saying, this is what I'm talking about. She's like, most people don't even want to talk to you. And she was like, I came here to do it because I had time. Like, most people don't want to talk to you. She's like, I want to have a conversation. She, she even stated in one part of the interview where she was like, you know, you have you have a, a demographic that enjoys your podcast. So I'm not mad at you about getting your money. Get your money because people like to hear that, that shit you spill. Mm-hmm. So she said, I'm not going to take it away from you because there's a demographic that wants to hear that. So she didn't even discredit what they're trying to do. She thinks it's absolute bullshit, but somebody wants to hear it. Right. At no point did she disrespect you. The only thing she said was she called him Tweedledee and Tweedledum because the other nigga just going off of whatever the big, the tall, bald headed bitch is uh, saying. But yeah. And then DJ Academic got a mansplain what the fuck she said. Like, did nobody understand what she said? I'm like, you know what? I was proud of Brittany because that was the quietest I had ever seen them. Because they was talking reckless to Asian Dow. But Brittany Renner mm-hmm. controlled the whole environment mm-hmm. without having to yell, scream, cry. I mean, she cussed, but we we all cuss in our day-to-day language and speaking, but then cussed, cussed them out, called them names. Just literally, this is how I feel about X, Y, and Z. If there was a PowerPoint presentation, she would have had it. How <laughs> detailed and specific she was. Shout out to Brittany Renner. Well, ladies, that was definitely some great conversation between domestic violence and our experiences with or without it, as well as the hot take on Brittany Renner. Uh, she def- we're, we're proud of Brittany, you know, may not agree with her, uh, her lifestyle, her previous lifestyle, but hey, she went on, you know, she told some guys on the on the Twiddle D and Tw- Twiddle Dumb podcast, she told them about themselves. And as far as domestic violence, uh, the biggest takeaway, ladies, is as Tasha said, if you don't feel like de-escalating the situation that you're in, like if you're not the one being abused and you don't feel comfortable de-escalating it, don't hesitate to call the police. Also, it seems easier said than done that if you're in the if you're in a domestic relationship then you should leave but of course it's easier said than done because men will manipulate you emotionally uh manipulate you and emotionally abuse you so biggest takeaway is men, if, you know to talk to somebody and women men, oh, and, men women. and women we have to be fair about this men and women right my apologies Vic we have to be fair men and women so if you need somebody to talk to um there's definitely resources out there and you know to get you know to get out get help and all of that so thank you so much for tuning in to our first episode of 2022 um if you would like to be a sponsor on the podcast you know email us at blackmillennialmamas at gmail.com follow us on facebook and instagram at blackmillennialmamas this is Bree. Big and Tasha, and we are out, y'all. Toodles. Bye. Bye, guys.